Ladies and gen- gentlemen, welcome to the October 16th edition of the Hughes Sports Podcast. I am your host, of course, Jake Hughes, alongside Old Man. Old Man, how the hell are you doing today? Ah! I'm good. How are you? <laughs> are you hitting? I feel like you're having some technical issues over there. I was having some technical issues. <laughs> I'm back. What would you, I mean, to be fair, you never left. You just couldn't. I'm assuming you just couldn't see me on your screen. I I, I was pushing the wrong buttons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why am I on the wrong side today? You're on the wrong side. It's because you joined first for the first time in forever. Oh, that's cool. So I'm in charge tonight. Uh, sure. You can be in charge all you want. What are we talking about today? All right, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, folks, if you are listening to only the podcast version, you're missing out live here on Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Because we have a lot of fun doing these, the video. Like, there's just facial expressions, just general insanity that happens. We are insane. Irrational fans, Mr. Rod Peterson says. We are irrational fans. And where did we come up with that saying? Where did we come up with the irrational fans saying? Are you looking at me or are you looking at uh, our comment section? Who else am I talking to? Do you see a ghost behind you? (laughs) Rod Peterson was watching the Western semifinal for the first time he ever watched a game with us. More so me. And he called me irrational. He said he couldn't have a rational conversation with me while the game was on. Well, to be fair, and, and in in Rod's complete defense, you were being completely irrational. I'm never irrational. We are irrational, but we're fans. Okay. We're diehard fans. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. We love it. Absolutely nothing wrong. Welcome, being- Rod. Thanks for tuning in, buddy irrationally crazy about a hockey team, a football team. And how can you not love that team right there right now? Uh, Let's talk about them because the the talk of the week in Vancouver has been Uh, the Canucks. And for the first time I can say in two or three years at minimum, the talk in October for around the Canucks is positive. It's insane. It's kind of exciting. I'm kind of, I'm a little giddy. So it's only two games. Let's not get too carried away. It's two games, but it's two games against what a lot of people, who a lot of people picked to come out of the Pacific for the Stanley Cup. We were, I mean, if you looked at any betting line, you looked at any, talked to any expert, they would have told you the Canucks will be lucky to be competitive in these games. And to be completely honest, I'm trying to be positive and more positive around this team. I would have been very happy with one point, one overtime point out of these two games. I said, if they can split, great. Um, just show me that you have some some heart and show me you have some drive. Well, they only showed me they had some heart and they showed me they had some drive. They actually came out, and it could be just a tease, but they they look like a good team top to bottom there was even chaos giraffe i'm gonna say it jake even chaos giraffe held my attention and i went oh good oh my god that was a tall guy (laughs) it was just a good night it 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 wasn't just a good night it was a good two games it was a good wednesday night game and then a great saturday game but a tale of two different games and and oh. people who look at the score was like eight one like did edmonton must not have shown up 
to a degree, that's true. After the third goal, I think that you could kind of go and say Edmonton had given up. They didn't. But why? Why did Edmonton give up? Because it was three nothing. And the Canucks weren't giving them anything. It yeah. was literally they were. I seen freaking Petey, number forty, our Swedish master, literally hit someone harder than I've ever seen him hit somebody. The play style that even on that eight one win where you would assume that was would have been a um my brain is not using words properly today a high flying scoring game no there was gr- like just grindy goals and again our top line throwing hits on people yes and we did this while Thatcher Demko only played one of those games less 10 minutes because he was been battling the flu and literally threw up into his mask literally threw up they then didn't have Susie. They didn't have Teddy Bluger. And these were players that were had huge impacts throughout training camp that we were like, this is going to be great. We have yet to play a game with our full healthy team. Uh, yeah. It's... Um... Demko didn't play on Saturday. Didn't he? No, he did not. That was Swayman. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Swayman played net. And let me tell you, was it uh, a masterclass on how to how to look good as a goalie? No, because he was, it was a panic city half the time, but he got the win. And that's really all that matters. That, and literally, but that's literally all that it took. Because we got scoring from our bottom six we got buy-in from every single line of every single forward of every single defenseman saying we can win this game. And yep. it didn't, it didn't stop. Like um, we talked about it before Dom decisions model, the way I worded the question to Matt Sakaris last week, Dom decisions model usually takes into account these anomaly games. The Canucks had such an anomaly game that it broke Dom Lecision's model the next day. <laughs> Which is like, people like Thomas Drance, people who follow this, is like, it's unheard of for one single game to have a that big of an impact on well, a team. When you outscore, outplay, outhit, out everything... Like you literally played better in every aspect of that first game yeah. from top to bottom, head to head play. The Oilers didn't stand a chance, to be honest. It was just that good. Now, the second game, totally different game. Um, we stole that one. When it you're was... outshot 5,000 to 12, yeah. um, I think it was 50 17. I think it was, I don't know if they ended at 16 or 17 shots for Vancouver, but yeah, something like that. It was insane how many opportunities and the style of, I'm not sure the Smith, the style reminds me of someone playing in the 1980s. Where oh, just, sorry. Earlier, earlier I said Swayman. I definitely meant DeSmith. Casey DeSmith. Yeah, it's DeSmith. That's what threw me off. Um, 
he was just all over the place. Like he let out more rebounds than Jake has had girlfriends. That's not that many. <laughs> but like it was insane. I was going to say something else, but it, this is a family show, so I had to clean <laughs> that up. We're on Facebook this week. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, it was just. I mean, it was a fun game to watch. I love anytime you can force McJesus into taking two penalties. Life is good. And not just that, but like the first game, clearly they were frustrated. Number Ooh. game number two that we knew, everyone knew that they're going to come in and fire off at us. Yeah. And they did that. That first 40 seconds, 40, I think they scored a goal 45 seconds in, 47 seconds in, something like that. And my first thought was, okay. How do the Canucks respond? Do they do they just go into a defensive shell and hope they can uh, mitigate it, or do they try to push back? And all all the praise goes to Rick Talkett and getting this team to buy into his system because they didn't just buy in; they took it to the Oilers and said, "Oh, you can do this. We can do it just as good." And when they came back and tied that game up. You could literally feel the the switch. Yeah. You could literally see them. We got these mother. And away they went. Um, it was just fun to watch. It was. For the first time in a long time, like, don't get me wrong. We, I had so much fun watching the early part of last year with Bruce before all the drama ha- happened was happening off the ice. But Didn't they go 0-9 or something in the last year? To start the season, oh five and two. It took eight games for them to get a win, but they were scoring. It was a six to seven games or six to five games. Those are oh, fun yeah. games. Those are fun games, but for a very different reason than yeah, how you this can was. Score fun. as many goals as you want. If you're not winning, it's not fun. But this was this was just fun. This was fun from opening face off to ends, and we got scoring from the bottom six. We got scoring from the top six defenseman got in on the scoring uh, Hughes is if Hughes is not top two in Norris by the end of this year if he continues to play at this no as long as he continues to play yeah at this level if he is not top two in Norris voting this year next to Kale McCarr Adam Fox there is clearly East Coast bias happening oh by far yes I agree I but agree. I think it's... I think the league has caught up and be, is is able to see, wow, EP40, Patterson's looking really great. Let's tune in and watch him. And then they see Hughes. I think Hughes has the, a, a really good chance at, at being a finalist for the Norris this year. If he keeps playing this way. without a, so. Without a permanent partner. Like yeah. He just, anytime he touches the puck, he just feels like something can, anything can happen when he's got the puck and he's skating around either our defensive zone or the offensive zone. Well, that's something we talked about with Matt Sakaris when he was on the show last week, was it? It was last week, yep. Yeah, um, on how Rick Talkett had said they're going to play defense by committee. Yeah. Um, so on that note, did you get the uh, tweet I I sent out to you? Um, um, I don't think I actually read it, to be completely honest, because I was getting home when you sent it to me. Oh, gotcha. So it's... Um, it was Donnie and Dolly. 
Donnie and Dolly, uh, for people who don't know them, who are they, Jake? They are the team, Donnie and Dolly, uh, Rick, uh, uh, Don Taylor and Rick Dollywall. Um, they are on Czech TV Monday through Friday, um, as well as on Sportsnet 650. Right. So they, um, they have an ear, I'll say, to the Canucks dressing room. Not just dressing room, but to agents and Dolly Wall is very well connected down in uh, in Vancouver. So they have tweeted out saying that Ethan Bear could be playing for the Canucks t- uh, come November. He, well, yeah. So that's or that's, so he'll be signed by the Canucks in November, playing by December. So that's a definitely a prevailing theory in from what I'm he- like from what I'm listening to. With uh, Donnie and Dolly, I didn't hear that, but um, also um, Matt Sakaris and Blake Price talked about it uh, last week, as well as Thomas Drance. When oh, I'm hearing really? three people who have e- connections, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, keep an eye out for it. And that's where that clearing trading Garland, despite the fact that Garland has been playing very well. Good. They're like looking to clear one and a half. They're they're looking to clear up one and a half to two million of cap space, which exactly. is what it, they would think it would take to sign Ethan Bear. And that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, I liked Ethan Bear last year. I thought I, he was one of the stars on our defense. Well, and someone who you Young can, you re- someone you can reliably put with Hughes. Who's going yes. to give you that defensive presence and not and be able to allow Hughes to not have to worry about the defensive side? Hughes has the confidence in him to go do what he does. Right. right. So if you if, if that's the case, if that's the reason for the Garland move, I get it. However, I don't think we talked about it last week at all with Garland asking for a trade out. Because I don't know I if think it was it happened after. I think it came out. After we were on the air, did it not? I don't. Rem- I honestly don't remember. Last week was I a blur either. for me. I do remember reading about it last week. So, um, basically, the management has given Garland's agent permission to go look for a trade. Well, first, the, the biggest, the bigger thing there is Garland changed agents. Yes, and then the, um, Garland and his agent got permission to speak with other teams. Now, right. apparently, um, Alvin and team. We're looking to move Garland before the season started and couldn't find a trade partner. So it's going to be tough to move someone who everyone knows you want to move. Yeah, because they're not going to be offering anything worth. And not just that, but okay, you have a guy you don't want because the salary cap is too high. We have a guy we don't want because the salary cap is too high. Well, you're not if you're not clearing out any space, it's not worth it. Exactly. So what do you do? Do you get draft picks for him? People, what are people aren't going to offer that? His cap hit is too high unless you're retaining. So we retain some. If you re- if the problem is, is that's a that's a, a a snowball at the top of a mountain that's already rolling at velocity speed that you're adding to, because yeah. you've got OEL and Garland both came over in the same trade both being retained or bought out. And you're going to have a bunch of dead salary for players who aren't playing on your team when you need salary cap. Yeah. The, the salary cap's expected to go th- up three and a half million or so this next year. 
if really? you don't, if you do that, your your salary cap that's held up by Garland and OEL is going to be about three million dollars. You can't do it, especially with Patterson. No matter what, whether he's signed as a in arbitration or we sign him to a long term deal, he's going to get a raise. Yes. Plus, you have all sorts of other people. Like you have other pieces you need to sign. So it's not. It's so not like you, you can just do this. I don't know. The, I, to me, there is no solution, unless Myers is a deal they're working on behind the scenes. Oh, so this okay. is something I've been thinking of for a little while since since the um they want to clear up about one and a half to two million dollars of cap space. If you can find a team that can take Myers with fifty percent retained for a third round draft pick, you're then able to sign Bear. You've got cap space now. You've got an extra draft pick. And you have someone to replace Myers' minutes on the line, uh, de- defensively. True. Yeah. Then can then can you trade Garland for a bottom six defenseman, someone who very similarly just isn't working out, and even if you don't save cap space, even if it's a straight cap swap, you're giving yourself advantage with an extra defenseman. Yeah. Right? It'll be so interesting all sorts of different see, moving pieces. Interesting to see what happens over the next little bit. Yes. So next, we go up against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, who this will be another season opener uh, tomorrow. At what time? 3 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time. Yeah. Because they had to move the times because they share a parking lot with the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, really? And because the venue was like, we cannot have a Philadelphia Phillies Phillies game starting at the same time, a playoff game starting at the same time as a Flyers game, we need to move them. So they had to move, they ended up moving the Canucks game an hour early, which means if you were listening to this live and you live in the Pacific time zone, get off work early, find an excuse. If you need a doctor's note, uh, send us a, send us a message at uh, Hughes Sports. We'll, uh, we'll doctor up a doctor's note for you. To be able to watch the, the we game three. Jake is lying. I make no I make no guarantees that I will or will not post a generic letter that you could use. Um, <laughs> but no, uh yeah, this Philly team is going to be very grindy to play against. It's a John Tortorella team. They're, it's not going to be a high scoring game. What what is their record? I do not know. That's a very good question. I'm trying to look it up, but they don't make these things easy like they used to. Uh, yeah, before you could just Google it. Yeah, you're right. Um, they are one win, one loss. Yes, they beat the Blue Jackets, lost to the Senators. And play us in their third game tomorrow. At I have a feeling deep down in my belly. I don't like your feelings, we're... but okay. We're going to win this one. I this to me this looking at the schedule before the season started, this was the the gimme game of the first road trip because you had Edmonton, Philly, you have the two Florida teams, and then you have Nashville. Philly should be the team you win, you beat out of all those teams. 
So yeah. this should be a win. I'm not expecting a eight to one win or a, even a four to three win. If there's three goals scored total in this game, I would be shocked. Oh, really? I think it's going to be five, four Canucks. I it's my prediction. Gonna... All right. We have a, the first can... hockey prediction from the old man. Take that to the bank. Well, you know what you oh, can yeah, also take to the it. bank? You know what else you can what take, can you to, take the to the bank? What can you take to the bank? No more money for the NHL and their different organizations. For the different jerseys and the artist involvement. Oh, we might have lost the old man. It appears he's frozen. Um... But Gary Bettman and the NHL has mandated that there's no more NHL pride events or any events uh, for that matter. Uh, one of the big things that is being talked about is the no more use of pride tape on uh, sticks. So they've banned pride tape. They've banned all sorts of different uh, events, different Things that uh, teams usually do, hockey fight cancer nights, um, uh, indigenous nights, things like that, will no longer be done because the NHL clarifies it as a distraction to the game. Uh, old man, now that you're back, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to try to stay calm. No, I, I, I do not expect to stay calm during this, this part but... of uh, information. Have they lost their godforsaken? Do you realize, first off, maybe it was a plan. Maybe Gary Bettman has um, um, shares in the Pride Tape companies because they have sold more tape than they have ever done before um, because of this ban. But having said that, all joking aside, what a stupid PR move. Like, just not say anything. And what's wrong if I'm a player and I want to put purple and pink and green tape on my stick? How is that affecting that effing redneck that's sitting here in Alberta going, no, I do right no pride. Shut the f up. Yes, I had to imitate Jake there. <laughs> that's my new that's my new saying for <laughs> pulling on the suspenders is what that's doing, folks. Anyway, um, stupid move. I have read somewhere, and I don't know where it was, that there is a move amongst players to Bettman the proverbial finger and say, you know what? What you gonna do? You gonna sue us? You gonna find us? Go ahead. We're rich. So what yeah. you gonna find us? Um, so the event will still happen. They're just not allowed to wear different jerseys um, or show. Yes, they could still have Pride Nights at at the No, no, uh, no, no. Any, any night, any night. Military any Appreciation night. Yes. night, they're able to have those still, but you're not, they're not allowed to wear their normal camo jerseys or their, yeah. their purple jerseys or their Pride jerseys or their any jersey that they would wear in warm-up. We're not even talking about the game. Let's just remember this. It's not like the NBA where they have cool-ass jerseys that you can wear and buy all year round oh. because they wear them. Oh. 
But God forbid the NHL wants to take any step forward into public responsibility, accountability for anything other than the old boys club. It, and that's what it is. Now, we, we say that. One of the guys who I always think of in my brain, always thinks of when I think of as the old boys club, is Pat Quinn. Yes. After Pat Quinn, it's Brian Burke. And I don't know why, the, whenever I imagine two old hockey guys talking heads, those are the two guys I think of. Brian Burke has been yeah. involved in hockey's for all for as long as I can remember, because I believe his son um, is uh, a, a part of the LGBTQ plus. Um, I'm going to say yes. I don't know that for sure, but something in my head, I'm going to agree with. I believe that. I believe that's why he uh, was so involved with it. Um, he put out a letter, basically. Yeah. Um, he put out a letter, basically, just trashing the NHL in a very Brian Burke professional way, uh, an old school way that the NHL you would think would, re would respond to the basically saying that it's absolutely absurd that you're not doing these pride nights, that you're not allowing players to show their support for people because we don't want hockey for all that. Like there's no other reason for this, whether it's hockey for military appreciation for anyone else. It's absolutely absurd to me that the league, that Bettman's office, commissioner's office, is just saying, no, we don't want to do this. The PW, the, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association put something out saying this yeah. is absurd and this is a step backwards. Have you seen you... anything from the NHLPA? Oh, no, not a thing. They won't say anything. Um, and I think the reason they won't say anything is quietly behind the scenes, they're giving the nod to their players. And I think when they do have the pride nights at the arenas, I think you're going to see a rebel so, rebellion take place. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers playing the Canucks on Tuesday. Um, the forward Scott Loughton says he still plans to continue using pride tape on his stick, despite the policy. He said, you'll probably see me with pride tape on that night. I don't know. I didn't really read what it said, if it's banned or something, but I'll probably have it on. <laughs> we'll see what they say, but it's not going to affect the way I go about it. If they want to say something, they can. Good. That Good is that is, that is is the way the leaders, and I'm like, Scott Loudon is a veteran. He's yes. not a big name, but he's a veteran on the Flyers who's standing up and saying, no, this is what we're doing. And I hope Vancouver the Vancouver Canucks and their leadership team who it was led by Bo Horvat at the time, but came forward during the, the bubble playoffs and said, no, we're not playing um, during the riots. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was. it wasn't, it was Bo Horvat and the Vancouver Canucks who reached out to the Minnesota wild specifically to Matt Dumba, who is a player of color and said, do you feel comfortable playing tonight? And Matt Dumba said, I don't know how I feel. And they, and the Canucks said, okay, we're not playing then we'll go to the league and say, we're not playing. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that vividly actually. So Tuesday could be an exciting evening then in, in hockey as it's be the early game of the, of the evening. Does it, well, it's not does their, it show other players? Their... Sorry. Sorry. I just does wanted to clear show... up. <laughs> My connection's horrible, Jake. So does it show other players that are pl going to play later that evening? Let's support Loudon. 
Let's Sir, all do is, it. Sir, it is not Pride Night in Philadelphia on Tuesday. No. So he won't be he won't be the Pride tape then. Oh, I thought you said he would wear it Tuesday. No, I said who's the of the Philadelphia Flyers who are playing the Canucks on Tuesday. Oh, okay. No, I don't know when. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find out when that's supposed to be. Sorry, I um, misunderstood how you said that. No, I said it in a very weird way. Yeah, um, you but did. Yeah. So it's yeah. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens as these Pride nights and different events go along, because I could see especially American-born players being like, "No, we're doing Military Appreciation Night. I'm going uh, to appreciate my military how we do." Can they use military tape? Apparently not. No, they can't it, use it, camouflage tape. No. And they're like the big thing, especially in Vancouver, the last few years is they've been commissioning local artists to do artwork for these and then selling them afterwards with a large proceed going back to charity and to the artist. You're now taking that away. You're taking away money from the community. It, and I hope maybe, maybe, maybe I'm expect like thinking it too far. Maybe the Canucks and teams will still do the jerseys. They just won't be able to wear them on those nights. Uh, but that takes away from it, don't you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because it takes away the someone who is LGBTQ turning on a, just randomly turning on a game and being like, "Oh, it's Pride Night. Let's watch and see what happens." Uh, you see Don't shove that down my throat. I have no, I have nothing positive to say. So I'm no. it's it's asinine. It's the inverse of what we should be, where we we sh- of where we are in the end of 2023. The fact that we can't just celebrate things, uh, highlight people who who deserve to be highlighted, it's absurd. Well, you don't have straight nights. Shut up, you yeah, effing no. redneck. All, if you say other- that, if you literally come out in public and say you don't have straight nights, you are the reason we need pride nights. You are a bigot. You are a hater. Go back to your mummy's bedroom or basement and smoke another one. Calm down. You're no, because again. it's like people being upset about um, like pride nights for other races like you have a black pride you have juneteenth you celebrate you have martin luther king day well we don't oh, have yeah. white we don't have white pride night no you know what that was that was the fucking holocaust <laughs> we do remember <laughs> that we do remember that and it's terrible it amazes me that um we're still having this discussion in 2023 um just for context. I, I raised both my children, Jake's living proof of it, that one day, I get teary-eyed when I say this, one day we're going to come to a point where someone doesn't have to come out of the closet. They don't have to announce the fact that they're, they're, they're gay. But guess what? Because of these a-holes running things right now, we have to. Yep. Because... For too long, they were put into a. They were forced into a closet. Yeah, it was. It, you were a social pariah if you did anything outside of the 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 norm, right? Like, yes. and I always look back to my group of friends, and we were raised in a small hick town in Alberta. Like, to be completely honest, 
And one of my friends came out as gay. You know how he came out as gay? He showed up to a wing night one night and said, hey, this is my boyfriend, Lucas. And we were all like, hey, Lucas, how's it going? Introduced ourselves, got to know him. Because that's, we don't care who you like. What you do in your own time is your own thing. Don't try to, to whip anything out and put it in my mouth. Just like your religion, don't try to whip it out and put it in my mouth. But whatever you do that keeps you happy, do it. Who cares? That was kind of weird, dude. Sexuality and religion are go hand in hand. Whatever okay. you do to keep you, whatever you do keeps you happy. Just don't try to force it down anyone's throat. Now, if you want more of those takes, you can head to usports.ca. I did post two articles this week uh, covering the Canucks. One was just because I was super excited about an eight to one win and thought the game was actually really, really fun. And then I started my my weekly review of the Vancouver Canucks. So you'll be able to go view those. Go check them out. HughSports.ca. And now let's jump into the CFL and start with Vernon Adams. So should we touch, hiccup- should we start with this first though? Yeah, I was just going to say that. I, I, you clicked ahead of me because apparently you're yeah. running things from... Well, I'm just going in order. D- don't go in order. Do you I'd never go in order. So to start the CFL week, we had BC Lions going into Hamilton and narrowly escaping by a score of 33-30. to 30. Now, the big story out of this game is Vernon Adams Jr. goes down and Dane Evans comes in for, I think, the last drive of the game. And puts it within field Four goal plates? distance and uh, allows Sean White to walk off the game with a field goal. So, full disclosure, both Jake and I didn't watch this game because we thought it would be a fun idea to go to the um, Calgary St- um, Stampeder game when it's effing cold here. And so we watched the first part of it at a bar. We didn't really pay that much of attention to it because we were with other people. We're yakking away. But apparently there was a phantom second put on the clock at the end of the game. So so Smurf Mafia says. Um, Apparently the time had run out and the ref came back and said, can you put one second back on the clock? I actually watched the highlight of this and... When the whistle blew, there was one point some odd seconds left on the clock. So, um, good win. Hamilton's a good team. Everybody's counting Hamilton out. Um, Hamilton's going up against Montreal. I'm hoping they get a home home game. Uh, I don't know if they will now losing to BC. But anyways, I was hoping they would get a home game. It would be Maybe good for, with, for the league. With a loss um, to BC, Montreal locked. Has, has locked it. So they're going to go into Montreal. I think they win that game. I think it's West a close. I think it's a closer game than. Final. I think clo- uh, it's a closer game than people would think for sure. Yes, for sure. So good on BC. Um, good on Dane Evans for being ready to be able to jump in in that last play. He where went four you can... for four in the for the four, last four plays, put him into a position to win. Apparently, Adams was on the sideline wanting to go back in. And his teammates had to say, dude, the playoffs are more important. Sit down. Because <laughs> really it was, um, well, it's not mean nothing yet. No, because it's not, it's nothing's mean nothing until 
the bombers win. The well, no, until the bombers, bombers have win. to win one. Yeah, bombers win one. Their magical number is one. They yeah. they win one. They get the buy. So the big question. He tweaked his knee again. Mr. Adams tweaked his knee again. Yes. From what I've read all day today, and I had to go searching because we live in Calgary, so we don't get any CFL news out here. Um, <clears throat> so I actually had to go on Google, Mr. Google, and pump bunch of, punch a bunch of buttons instead of it just popping up for me. Oh, my goodness. And from what everything I'm hearing is, He's not that hurt. So Farhan Lalji tweeted out this afternoon um, with a video interview uh, with Rick Campbell, um, with Rick Campbell saying that Vernon Adams Jr. will be able to play this week uh, or that he's optimistic he'll be able to play this week. And as long as he's not medically compromised, he'll start. That's so, what Campbell says. Yep. So now the question is, shall, should we? Yeah, I think we should. You still, you still have a chance at hosting the Western final. You need to go. With- and unfortunately, we play first. Yeah. Right? Um, so I agree. Uh, we have to win this one. Now, if, if the game starts to get out of control either way. Um, pull him. Pull him. You take you you pull. don't risk it. You need to have him healthy for the CF for the playoffs. Now we've talked about this before. The upside is the lions get a buy going into yes. the playoffs, no matter what. So is it really a bad thing if we don't get like, you know what I mean? Like it, it'd be really nice to have that Western final and have two weeks off, but two we weeks off is three a, weeks. It's a long time to have off. I don't want to get into that debate again. Be well, a long time be. to have off. It'd be a long time to have. It would be. A, it would be a long time to have off to go into a playoff game. So our last game of the season is the twentieth. Is that correct? I do not know. So we would have the week of the twenty third, the week of the thirtieth, and then the week of the sixth. The semifinal is on the twelfth. Great. Or the sorry, the west the western final would be on the 12th. 11th. Are they doing it on the Saturday doing again? Doing it on the Saturday. We talked about this. We did, and I forgot. So that would be one, two, three weeks without playing. It's one extra week off from their, yes. their reg- regularly scheduled time. Yeah, so they'd be off for three weeks. I would be leery of that i don't mind them playing on the fourth i just don't want to have to go into winnipeg that's my only issue is going into winnipeg and playing against that totally agree right totally Um, totally agree they now they had the week off this week so they are going to be fully rested ready to go um but it'll still be interesting to see what happens with everything there and they're going into edmonton edmonton has nothing (laughs) to play for but to play spoiler yeah, and, and and people are playing for their jobs. Yeah, for sure. Um, and coaching for their jobs. Um, talk about let's talk talking about coaching for your jobs. Let's talk about the game we went and sat and watched live. Oh my God. 
Saturday night, it was a bit it was a bit chilly. It was like three degrees. It felt like maybe way colder than that. But Saskatchewan comes into Calgary, and Calgary had no right to, to in this game and won by a score of twenty six to nineteen. The, it the, sounds the, it sounds like it would be a good football game. It wasn't. First off, it wasn't. Secondly, Calgary had just over 100 yards going into the fourth quarter. Into the fourth quarter in a CFL game, they still had a chance to win despite only having 100 and I think four yards or something like that. They were 100. How? Because <laughs> Saskatchewan really sucks. Saskatchewan. <sighs> Play calling by the Riders this year, and I've seen it numerous games. I'm not going to say every game, but numerous games where you're just like, "What did they just do? Yeah. Why would they? Put, why would they?" On Friday night, the game's tied, nineteen nineteen. They got the ball, I think, on inside the forty, close. Like it would have been a forty some odd yard field goal. Yep. Third and forever, and. They decide to punt the ball. So, now, given that Lowther, their regular kicker, is injured, but he didn't show up for the whole game. He wasn't dressed. They he was no. an uh, uh, he was a scratch before the game started. Yeah, they and kicked four field goals that game. Three. Prior I was to saying, that. I, th- I think, I think the kid whoever kicked them was kicking like thirty-seven yarders. It would have been five yards further. And the kick that they that they kicked in my opinion, was intentionally low, weird, and rolled out at the one-yard line. Okay, remember, folks, it's a tie game. This is a CFL. What happens when you kick that ball through the end zone, Jake? You get a rouge. Now, for those who don't know, a rouge is when the ball uh, goes through the end zone, is in the end zone, someone takes a knee. The NFL calls it a touchback. It is not a touchback in the CFL. Let me say this again for those listening. TSN, announcers, you guys want to maybe plug this in. A rouge is the CFL version of a touchback. (laughs) So, having said that, why it's, again, the score is 19-19. You can easily kick, any kicker in the CFL can kick that ball through the end zone as a punter or try for the field goal. And kick it through. If you miss, it's you try to get it through the end zone. Now, now Calgary's going to try to run that ball out if you miss a field goal, which is are. fine, right? No matter what. But you kick a field goal, the odds of you having a no yards penalty, zero. Almost zero. You can still have it. It is possible, but it is virtually zero. The it's... problem is, is Saskatchewan, they kicked the ball, and someone was overzealous and got down there, and because of the new... No yards rules in no yards rules in the CFL. Every no yards is a 15 yard penalty. So it took them from having the ball in the four to the 19, 20 yard line. Somebody announced it as a 25 yard penalty. I don't know who that was. We were listening. That was to the it. that was the post game on the way home. Was it? It was like it wasn't yeah. a 25 yard penalty. It was 15. Yeah. Um. Again, it was one of those decisions where you go, huh? And well, okay. The flow of the game was pretty good up until the fourth quarter. And something I want to talk about with penalties, because we just talked about the no yards penalties. 
the command center either needs to take full responsibility for the game or they need to not take responsibility for the game. And in that, I mean, having them call down to the ref and say, hey, ref, there was one second left on the play, like in the BC game. I'm okay with that because that's hard to track and the timer is up in a booth and has to click a button when he sees someone wave. That's hard. I get it. But to have Dave Dickinson call a timeout and then have there be a review on a flag of a of a of a horse collar tackle get overturned you then have to reset the sticks reset your your downs markers and that takes time to do because you don't know where you were did we mention it sold but not just that that was one example of it and i think it happened four or five times i have never and i've watched football for 50 plus years i have never seen a coach call a timeout now you got to remember folks we sit at the 55 yard line five rows up behind the stamp span so it was really easy to watch dave dickerson walk out in the field called the timeout talk to the head referee not yep. just the side ref the head referee well, there's and there's nod and smile and walk away just to be clear there is only one referee all the others are officials but yes yep. such a smart ass God, who told you to go start refing, man? I'm gonna punch them. <laughs> I think I think it was you. <laughs> so anyway. I've never seen it happen. No. I've never ever seen a coach call a timeout, not well and throw a flag. And he the big thing is, is flag. No, he called the timeout. He then walked into the field to have a conversation with the referee with the challenge flag in his hands and basically said, Do I need to throw this or are you guys already checking it? Is I'm assuming what that conversation was. We're assuming there that. Was, we don't know for sure. But there was five or six instances of this. And then in classic Dickinson style, both Craig and Dave had to challenge a plays at the end of the at the end of the game where there was no reason to call to challenge anything. Craig Dickinson, coach for the Riders. Yep. He called pass he called he challenged a play. For pass interference when the ball was never thrown. Because you can't challenge for illegal contact on a receiver. However, when you challenge however, when you challenge for pass interference, when if they see illegal contact on a receiver, they can't call that. I, did you check that? Because I want you to recheck that because I thought they changed that rule because I know when they first brought in uh instant replay. No, when they first brought in challenges. They could look at the play and, and call anything. And then they changed that rule. Yes. So the reason you can do that is because the the change of the rule is like, so you are right. They did change the rule before they were able to, you'd be able I want to challenge a spot of the ball and they'd look at the whole play and see everything. Exactly. Now with, because the way pass interference and illegal contact on receiver work is technically Legal contact on a receiver turns into pass interference when you throw the ball. Now, if there's interference early enough that the ball's not able to be thrown, the ball wasn't thrown for that reason. So they allow the refs, they allow the review booth to look at it for that. That review was the quickest review in the history of the CFL. I swear to God, it was like, no. (laughs) What they need to, what they need to do is look at what the NHL did with their reviews and start implementing a penalty, a delay of game penalty. Yes. Five yard delay of game penalty. 15. No, just make it up. No, no. 
50. The reason, the reason I say that is because I'm, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure in the CFL, because it's not for my official, like for my level, but a delay of game in the final two minutes is actually a loss of downs. So it's third, it's second down oh. and you challenge something. Now you lose your down. It's a turnover on downs. It makes you think yeah. about throwing that flag. Yes, that would be good. I, I would be okay with loss of down. Um, but again, only the, within the two minutes because it stops you from making those. Oh, I have the flag. I might as well. I might as well still use it. It was Friday the thirteenth, folks, and it was bizarro football. Like it was the most bizarre game I've ever had the unfortunate experience of having to watch. Well, and it wasn't not, fun. There was people kicked out of a game. There was like multiple penalties. Charlie um, so, Power, who you so watch. It is probably the most calm guy on the bench. It's hard to see what he's doing on the field. Um, but on the bench, he's probably one of the calmest guys we can see. And again, we're only five rows up, so I pay a lot of attention to the bench. I haven't, I've actually forgot about it just until this second to go back and look to see why he got two penalties in one on one play, misconduct penalties, and got kicked. <laughs> I, I did my best to try to find out, and I can tell you this much. I did not get an answer. I did not get a direct answer. I oh. got, a, you get two misconduct penalties, and you were kicked from a game in CFL. Well, we know that. <laughs> that was that was the reason I was given. So. Bizarro land. It was just yeah. a weird game. I think I literally typed it out as the caption. What a weird game. The game call, the game was weird. The penalty calling was weird. The there was no flow to the game. There's no flow to the game. It's basically from the third halfway through the third quarter to the end of the game. It it was just a weird game. And the weirder part is Calgary won. Like (laughs) out of everything we just talked about, the fact that Calgary won still blows my mind because they had no right to win that game. game. What's the best part of the game? I mean, this past game, it was kind of nice. We didn't have to do Sweet Caroline. Um, the best part that of the game the was probably when, the end of the game. Was when we left. What happened at the end of the game? Dad got ten dollars. Oh yeah, you did. You did make a prop bet. <laughs> you took the under, and it came real close. <clears throat> anyway, boring, so boring, boring. Let's jump ahead to Saturday, in which case I can tell you this right now. I watched zero of these games, so I'm letting you take over. Montreal went into Edmonton and won by a score of 35 to 21. Montreal um, sat back and baked cookies and um, probably they were texting each other and um, playing patty cake and a little bit of hacky sack. And then they came into Hacky the fourth sack. quarter and decided wow. to play football and kick their butt. Yeah, I know. That goes way back, eh? Edmonton, not good, face it. I mean, even with Trey Ford, they're not a good team. They need to make some major changes in Edmonton over the offseason. And I, for one, will be quite excited to actually... I love watching um, the behind-the-scenes uh, in the CFL, and because we don't get a lot of change of personnel on a regular basis in the CFL, um, no. so it's going to be kind of cool to be able to see it. So, yeah, it was they won. 
<laughs> That's all I could say. Fair enough. And then the late game, Six, we had Ottawa going into game. Ottawa going into Toronto and losing by a score of forty to twenty-seven. Toronto's just too good. Yeah. There was a play. There was a throw. I don't know if it was in the first half or the second half that I had to pause and go back and rewind even after watching the um, replay because I couldn't believe how good he threw that ball. There was two, one for a touchdown, one for just a long, a long game. Um, Chad Kelly is not human. I figured this out. He's <laughs> human. He's a robot. Um, he's a psych, he's a cyclops. He's um, AI gone awry. Um, that's what Chad Kelly is. The, kid is phenomenal um no he's he's not a nathan rourke he's not going to the states relax everybody you know he's a perfect quarterback for the cfl how did you just know like what how did you know what i was going to ask and what i was looking up <laughs> he's not he's not he's not he's not i've read it so many times it's like get over it he's not going he's a perfect quarterback for the cfl um and He's happy to be here. He just signed a nice contract. He's happy. Living this big smoke, the universe, so they think. Um, so, is in the playoffs. Well, not really. There's still lots of questions. Well, just before we move, is locked up. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on from Chad Kelly and Nathan Rourke, I just wanted, just so to clear the air, because I know it's, you're not the only one to have brought up that statement of, oh, Chad Kelly could get some looks from the NFL. Chad Kelly, in 16 games played this year, um, has gone 252 completions on 369 attempts for 3,848 yards, 22 touchdowns for 11 interceptions with an average of 10.4 yards, which is phenomenal. Last year, Nathan Rourke, in 10 games played, went 255 for 324, 3,349 yards for 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and 10.3 average. So in six games less, he threw 500 yards less, scored three more touchdowns, one less interception, and more completions on less attempts. Don't get me wrong. I I can see why people can want the comparison. I do, but he's a step below. He's he's going to be the Anthony Calvillo of this generation, in my opinion. The, that guy who's like, why did he never go down to the States? Because he's a lead in the CFL, but I don't think he'd even make a practice roster in the NFL. I think he'll be like the Dave Dickinson's of the CFL, the um, Lule's when he was, the couple good years he had there before he got hurt. Um, so is he great? Yes. For the CFL. And that's yeah. good. I love it. I mean, I think it's we, the best thing for the CFL. For the, I was gonna say for the CFL, the only thing better would be if Nathan Wark gets into the starting lineup and they test and they start Which, talking about this. When I made that space. Well, he's not going to be he, in the starting Nathan lineup. Rourke, he might be on, right. not on the, not like a Go starter, ahead. but as a backup. Because Trevor Lawrence is considered may, may have an injury. Who the quarterback was? 
is he might not play next week. So which puts Nathan Rourke to be activated, could be activated this week. Yep. If that happens, guess what happens with Nathan Rourke? Cha-ching! As soon as they activate him, they have to pay him that huge contract he signed. Well, so what? that's it misleading to a degree. He doesn't get the whole money up front. It's paid as... No, paid but as a, pay, that contract is now valid, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but so when... It's just like the NHL. We always look at things as in like your yearly salary of like $8.5 million. Yeah. More so with peak guys making like 2.5. And then if you go into the minors, you're making 750 K. That's not like for every week you're in the AHL, you're making that 750 K salary. Every, for every week you're in the NHL, you're making that $2.5 million salary. I believe the NFL is very similar where for the weeks that he's activated, he'll be making that top dollar. For something in my head says, as soon as they activate him and put him on he the 50 blank man roster, man roster, that that they have to pay him. Now, I could be totally wrong, but it was something in my head because there was so much talk about it. Was it, Is it a fully guaranteed contract? I thought so. So That's if, why it was if a it's, big deal. If it's a fully guaranteed contract and gets activated, I believe, and that's something I'll have to do research on. If he does get yeah. activated, we'll we'll do a little story up on Jake, sports about it. But you have some homework to do. You're the nerd of this I, two group. Time out, time out. You know what? Normally, normally I'm all for cap space homework and and contract structures and all that sort of stuff. However, I'm going to Vegas in a few days and I make no guarantees that I'm going to do anything other than be a complete degenerate in Las Vegas. So it might have to wait another week for that to be done. Having said that, speaking of next week, next week, let's look at the picks for next week to start the week off a game in which the old man will be in attendance with friend of the show. Our land Bruce, the third in BC Place Stadium, we have the Stampeders taking on the Lions. Well, you know who I'm taking. Yeah, to, to me, this is a this is still a must-win game for the Lions, and the Lions yeah. need to play it as such. And, um, I mean, it's a must-win, obviously, for the Stamps. It's not a must-win because they can <clears throat> still um, count on the Riders losing their last game against Toronto. Yep. I looked it up, and okay. it's um, the Stamps are now in charge of their own destiny. They can lose one and win one, as long as um, as long as the Riders lose to Toronto. If the Riders win, then we have they, the Stamps have to win two. So, if, so for this lose, game, it is a must win one. For this game, for all intents and purposes, they're playing it as a must win game. Of course, they are. Will they? Absolutely not. Even if we uh, start Evans, um, 105 yards. That was their total offense. Yes, they got one drive of 90-some-odd yards to put them and, over the 200-yard mark. And they had a, pick, a beautiful pass right into the arms of their waiting defensive back to score a touchdown. Yeah. No, no, I'm just talking about um, 105 total yards. That ain't going to get the job done in BC, boys. Nope. Um as our good friend Rod Peterson would say, the Lions are going to motorboat them. And then a game that could be another motorboating, 
we have the Toronto Argonauts going into Ryderville to take on the Rough Riders. The Rough. <laughs> oh, we might have lost you, old man. You look at a team. Oh, no, I was just going on a good rant. Am I back? There we go. You're back. We got, Am I back? We got, we got audio back. Okay. You're back. Good. So if you look at the riders, you're looking at an organization that is so effed up. Here's a team that hasn't won a, hasn't won a game after Labor Day for two seasons. They literally haven't won a game after Labor Day for two seasons in a row now. So what do they do? Someone in their PR, someone in their football operations says, we're going to raise ticket prices for season ticket holders. <laughs> what the? Did they really? They did. They did. Good on you. I don't know what you're doing, but good on you. <laughs> I mean, if you're making money, you might as well, but Jesus. The organization top to bottom in i'm not talking about the players here guys i'm not talking about the players the players aren't involved in this discussion i'm having it's the organization they need to clean it all out it's a sewer full of rats and they're chewing on each other because <laughs> they're hungry and it's... they want to kill everybody it's sick rat fighting <laughs> cannibalism <laughs> it's bad Anyways, yes, Toronto is going to kick um, Ryder ass. It's going to be 50 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's 50 to nothing, but I, I don't think it's even close. I think at halftime, Chad Kelly is like going into the second quarter. Chad Kelly sitting on the bench with a comfortable 30 point lead. Yeah, he'll um, score 30 points in the first quarter, then sit. I agree. In another, this, this could be a, a week of just complete and utter boring game. So I don't feel bad for going to Vegas this week, but we have the Edmonton Elks taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg to close out the week. We only have three games this week and three games next week leading into the playoffs. Now my pick em, I think I'm going to take Winnipeg, but, but this could be the upset of the week. We always have one upset of the week we've talked about. I think Okay, maybe it's my bias because I love these guys. And you want to see the Bombers lose one of these games. It would make me happier than... Oh. Winnipeg's going to win, let's face it. <laughs> so, BC, Toronto, Winnipeg. It's weird that this week there's only three three games... And you got, we talked about it before. You've got the three elite teams in this league and then you got everybody else. Yeah. And the three elite teams are, are playing really bad teams. Some of the bottom of the bottom. Um, I just realized next week, not to get ahead of ourselves, the way the schedule lines up, the last week of the season, we get the, Hamilton Tiger Cats to take taking on the Alouettes in Montreal, and because of the, the we already know the Eastern playoff picture, it is going to be the Alouettes hosting the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 
back-to-back weeks, you're playing the same team at the same place. If you're Hamilton, do you even go home? Do you stay in Quebec the whole time? Oh, I think you. Oh, I think you gotta I mean, stay there, don't you? Just for the cost-wise. Cost-wise, I mean, you'd be. You're paying. How much more are you paying in plane tickets versus yeah. hotels? Yeah, it would probably be cheaper. I'm not sure. Like, would it be cheaper to stay in a hotel all week, or would it be cheaper to fly home? I don't know. To, to be neither. like that short of a flight, I don't know. I think if I'm Hamilton, I try to work it that we stay there and get a because then you're acclimatized. You can practice. You're focused. in the weather. There's no such. There's no distractions. You can't go home and deal with with home problems. You're on the road, focused. Well, and don't forget, Hamilton's hosting the Great Cup, so there's yeah. all kinds of commotion around Hamilton right now. All They're getting distractions to put on the biggest Great Cup we've ever seen. I don't think we talked about this. I don't think we talked about the halftime show for uh, the Grey Cup this year. Well, not only the halftime show is amazing. They're having Green Day. You're having Carrie Underwood perform during the, the week, the week, the night before, or the yeah, the Friday or Saturday before the Grey Cup. It's insane. It's done what right? You know what Hamilton did? Hamilton looked at what Saskatchewan did last year and said, "How can we do the complete opposite?" How can we make it successful? <laughs> How can we take something that was at this point this year? There was who's going to be the halftime show? Oh, we didn't know a this, week out. Rumblings of that. Who knows what's supposed to happen? Again, Ooh. I'm giving the riders a, the benefit of the doubt, saying they had signed Florida Georgia Line and then they separated and caused all sorts of issues. I know there's sources that we both know that are that have denied that. I'd like to give can, them the benefit of the doubt. I could look at the camera and say without a shadow of a doubt, that's not what happened. I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I would hope an organization like the CFL and TSN didn't let it get that last second, but... Pathetic. Hey, you've got Green Day as your Day. halftime, who I get to see live on Saturday. Oh, That's why I'm going to Vegas. Vegas without his old man. There's something. I'm not going to lie. I'm having issues that you're going to Vegas without me again. I've done it multiple times. I know, but I don't go to Vegas without you. That's our thing. Time out. Time out. And this, this might be hurtful to hear. So we might have to end the show at the end of this. But uh, if you didn't go to Vegas with me, who would you go with? (laughs) With Valley. I didn't say that. Uh, well, now that he's in the doghouse for the week, we are going to let you guys go. No, because... we have, we were discussing something, weren't we? No, we had, we had wrapped up the discussion. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to go a... now. <laughs> Don't make me go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on x or twitter whatever you want to call it at hsb underscore pod same with facebook uh youtube listen to us everywhere you can google podcast youtube spotify apple podcasts leave a review share it with your friends leave a comment for us on the youtube videos and anywhere else the old man seems like he had an idea to say something why because we're the best best damn canuck podcast on the air not just that. 
not just that, we're the only irrational fan podcast. And let me tell you, one, if we go on a five-game, five-and-zero uh, opening to this season, you guys think the you guys think the Oiler fans and and, and Maple Leaf fans are are insane? I was just looking. The, the Maple Leafs are losing to Chicago. Are they seriously? Last I checked, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this open one more time. I just want to see um, if it if it's still happening. Yep, the Blackhawks beat. Oh no, that's the Penguins. Sorry, that's that's that's. No, the Blackhawks beat the Maple Leafs four to one. Yep. I'm just looking <laughs> to see how many points. Uh, Bedard, Bedard didn't no. get anything. He got four, he got four shots on that. That was it. But no, goals, no assists. If you think we're obnoxious right now, just wait until we have a good team again. You want to talk irrational? You want to talk irrational? Come talk to me. If we go on a five and zero to start, if the Canucks go five and zero to start, if the five, if the Canucks go five and zero to start, I'm going to kick the old men off the show, and I'll just do a twenty five minute. We'll plan the parade route. Uh, a stream. He literally will have a map. He'll the, have there'll, there'll be a map, and with, the, and, and this highlighting? Is, if we and if we fly in early enough, we can start here so we can see the start of the parade, and then take an Uber down over here so we can get to the end of the parade where the party's going to be. Got to think about these things. And also, there's a tattoo. Sh- there's a tattoo stop along, uh, shop along the way, so that you way we can stop and get tattooed. Yeah, now that you've already got a tattoo, you've ruined that for me. So, because ne- we can't see it. You're n- normally we'd be able to see like the outline of it, but it's just your camera's. Uh... Hey, you can see that. No, you. Oh, from you my point of view, you. you cannot see it. It is your camera's quite blurry. But you can check. Us out on Facebook, Twitter, and everything. I already said that. You can also check me out on Twitter at JStreams, uh, Instagram, all those fun places. You can also check the old men out on Facebook, Twitter at KevHughes64. You can also see him where he puts on his other hat as the channeler at Cavalli Channeling on Facebook. And uh, every now and again, he makes appearances on the Rod Peterson show where he puts on yet his third hat uh, doing that. So... Keep an eye out. If you guys like sports news, do check out the Rod Peterson show. Check us out, HughesSports.ca, and support the small podcasts that do cover the sports teams that you love because we need your support. Share it with everyone. Have yourselves a wonderful day. Good night.